0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of CNBC's interview podcast. I'm Pastor Chris, and on our show today, we have Stephen Arce, a missionary through Sport Exchange International and pastor of Punto de Encuentro, the Gathering Point Church in Venezuela. Our hope and goal for these podcast interviews with ministry leaders, pastors, and missionaries from all over the world is that we might be motivated through the work of God to be living, loving and leading for God's glory, finding ourselves growing in a greater love for God and a greater love for each other. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church or interact with other materials or media produced by Calvary Monument Bible Church, please visit our website at www.calvarymonument.org. And now we would like to welcome our guest, Pastor Stephen Arce, to our show. Stephen, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Chris. It was It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you and Patricia, your wife, you've been ministering in Venezuela since 2002. That's 17 years. And during that time, you've worked in various roles and different capacities. Uh, and the Lord, He's grown your family uh, through that season and
1: through the season of ministry. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, Chris, uh, it's always a joy to have family in the ministry with you, but uh, yeah, um, my wife and I, we've been married uh, going on 18 years, and uh, God's just really blessed. We've got three kids. Uh, my oldest is Evan, and he's uh 14. He plays drums in, the, in our band at our church. Uh, he loves that. And then I've got a 13-year-old daughter. Her name's Emma, and uh, she's active, active in the church, too. She works, helps my, uh, my wife with a lot of the cooking stuff and 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 all the theater and, and action stuff like that she does all the makeup and she just is involved in that way and then we've got our little a little happy spirited young girl Ella she's uh turning eight here next month uh, she's just super excited about life and uh, I just enjoy having them with me in ministry in Venezuela they love the country they love the church and they're just excited to be a part of it
0: that's wonderful children are truly a gift from the Lord and I'm sure it's a blessing to have your wife alongside of you in country, being able to uh, minister together and lead this church that God has called you to. And uh, this is a pretty incredible ministry that you have pastoring this church in Venezuela uh, because we, we realize that God has specifically called you to this country. And I'm sure that during your time in ministry here, you've really... Uh, witnessed him accomplish some pretty incredible things uh, through the ministry. So, tell us uh, perhaps a story or two of some things that God has accomplished
1: uh, through the years. Well, um, Chris, to be honest, this church has just been uh, something the Lord has used as a tool, and I believe that's what we should be, just reaching out to the community. Uh, We started this church in 2014, and uh, right now we have close to 200 members attending on on every Sunday, and... um, God's just used this church tremendously. We've, you know, we started small, so we had small kids programs and stuff like that. But as the church grew, uh, the Lord's opened the doors. Uh, VBS is obviously a big ministry that the Lord's allowed us to do. We do we, we do two or three every every time we do VBS on a one month or two month basis. Um, and then camp ministries has been a big big ministry in our church. Uh, the Lord's allowed us to do men's camp, women's camp, youth camp, and kids camp. Um, And through this, I would say a good 50 or 60% of our people have either come to the Lord or received a calling from God to do some kind of specific ministry in church. And it's just growing at a tremendous rate. Uh, Besides that, we we do a lot of discipleship in one-on-one, small groups and stuff like that. Uh, And we're super excited because starting September of this year, uh, we begin our first Bible Institute or or Bible Seminary. Uh, we will be starting, it will be a three-year to four-year uh, Bible Seminary. Uh, the fourth year is more going to be for pastors or people that have that calling. Um, but for the rest of them, you know, we're super excited because they'll be started to get trained. And that was our whole idea is to uh, create a church where we can reach Venezuelans uh, for the Lord, uh, ground them in the Word, teach them, disciple them, but with one with one object is for them to go out and reach their own. Uh, I don't, I believe that nobody's going to reach Venezuela better than a Venezuelan. It doesn't matter how long I'm there, how well I speak the language. I'm never a Venezuelan. And they will always do the job better and be received better. So that's our goal. That's our object objective is to, to get into this country, create this center, a training center, and uh, reach the Venezuelans with, for the Lord and then have them go out and reach their own. That's... Awesome. Uh, True discipleship.
0: Um, Really an amazing goal to train and to equip the church. I think it's what we'd want to see the Lord doing here in the States as well. And and in Venezuela right now, uh, in the context of your ministry, there are some incredible challenges that are facing your country. And I'm sure that um, those challenges uh, in some way probably are um, creating obstacles or roadblocks to some of the things that you really would desire to see the Lord accomplish. So talk to us a little bit about the current challenges that Venezuela is facing
1: as a country. Hmm. Well, Venezuela, I believe, is going through one of its worst political situations ever. And this this has just created chaos in the country. And as we're trying to do ministry and reach these the people and preach to them, <laughs> one of the, f- the major things I'm, I'm faced with on a constant basis is... The fact that uh, just the other day I had somebody in my house and I was uh, sharing the Word of God with them. And all of a sudden I could see his face. I could see his eyes. Something was wrong. And uh, when I asked him, I found out he hadn't eaten since the day before. And so hunger has just become a uh, uh, part of our ministry. <laughs> uh, I can't reach them with the Word of God if I don't feed their belly. And uh, they're, they're hungry uh, but also they're scared because there's no medicine, and the, the economy has plummeted to the point where currency is not worth anything. Just uh, last week, a bank got robbed, and, and they took all the machinery out, including the ATMs. And uh, but all the cash they threw on the street because it wasn't worth anything. And uh, so people are, are are running around scared. They want to leave the country, um, and some do. We've actually been able to help some people leave, but. Uh, I want them there to understand that God has a plan for them. But but Chris if I'm completely honest besides the food and so shortages and the medicine shortages and and the, the the lack of how the money can sustain them the mental corruption this country has has experienced in the last 20 years is is devastated the country to a point where even the people that are leaving are finding out that in these other countries, without them realizing it, they're they're living corrupt lives and they're wanting to skip around the rules and jump over red tape. And, and the rest of these countries have a stable economy, have a stable society and are rejecting them. And most of the Venezuelans out of the country are looked at in a wrong way. They're coming back to their own countries if they can, in, in a worse condition than they left, without any food, without any money, and whatever they had before, they sold to get out, and now they're back without it. It's just become a chaos. So ministry-wise, uh, we've had to deal with a lot of this depression and mental corruption that I believe it would be the, the 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 beginning of a new change, the the beginning of something great in this country. But But this is one of our biggest struggles on a daily basis. So one of the things we say is, before I teach you the word, I'm going to feed you, I'm going to clothe you, I'm going to heal you, and then I will preach to you. But if I think about it, isn't that what God did? Mm. Absolutely. And, And even in the midst of
0: this difficulty, these challenges, I think we both have experienced in ministry that... It's oftentimes in, in these situations, these very contexts, where the work of God is most clearly evident in our lives and what he's trying to teach us and what he's trying to accomplish, we can often see so clearly. And so I wonder if, if you just maybe looked at or realized uh, through this difficult season for this country, what is Jesus teaching you? How is he working um, in your life, in your mind, in your heart uh, in this season?
1: I, I have uh, the Bible says in Hebrews that that we have a high priest that understands us greater than we can understand, and he went through everything like like we did, and and then he says, come boldly to the throne of grace, so we can find mercy and help in time of need, and and I believe this to be true. But um, I think of the story of Joseph and all the struggles he went through, uh, Chris, and I and I can't stop but get frustrated along with him. You know, man, his brother sold him out. Then when he was finally in a good position, Potiphar had to believe his wife because she wasn't going to he wasn't going to believe him. Um, and then he ends up in jail, and and that point is when God actually showed or, or began the the process into getting him into the throne. But when when the cub and and the baker came to him, he had no clue what God was going to do. I mean, we read it in the Bible and we know exactly what's going to happen. You know, we're cheering for him, but. At that moment, he had no idea. He could have given up. He was in one of the probably the worst jails of, of history and time where there was no law, there was no process. It was either you were correct or you were incorrect. And if you were incorrect, most likely you were dead. He still served the Lord. He still followed with what God had called him to do. He never quit. And it was that that created that, that jump from jail to the right-hand man of Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Um, and i believe god designed life in a way so that we would understand that he's in control of everything and that brings me to the to the story of of peter walking on the water you know and so many times we focus on this story we focus on peter and his great faith but the reality is this story isn't about peter's faith it's about the object of peter's faith which was jesus the story is always about jesus it's about how much he loves us. And to be to be honest, sometimes God has to send us out to these storms on purpose. Not because he hates us, but, but because he wants us to refocus our our mind, our heart, and understand that he's always been in control. And there's nothing that happens that's going to shock him. He knows what's going on. But he sends us to these storms so that we can see that he has patience, and that he's going to always help us. He came to Peter, he extended his hand, and he picked him out. All he wanted Peter to do was trust him. Through this process, I've had one question asked me multiple times. Pastor, why are you going back to Venezuela? You know what? The reality is, when I'm there, I have people asking me, Pastor, what are you still doing in Venezuela? When I leave, they're asking me, why am I going back? And this is the same answer I give to them every time. I believe it's the answer that Peter understood. I believe it's the answer that Joseph, at the end, when his brothers came to him scared because his dad had died and they thought that Joseph was going to get rid of them. And he said, you intended this for evil, but God intended it for good. I believe God can make lemonade out of any lemons. Um, my job not to focus on the outcome. That's his job. God designed me to be focused on the process. When I stay focused on this, on this process that God has me doing here now, doesn't matter where I'm at. doesn't matter the dangers around me. If it's where God wants me, it's the safest place for me. If I let him focus on the end result, and I just stay focused on the process, I believe God will continue to use me. I tell this to my church. When you start Shining for God and working for God the way that He desires you to do. You turn into the color of the painting He is drawing. And therefore, you become effective and relevant for what He is doing right now. And I tell my people this, and, and I'll share it with you today. Uh, shine in the color that God needs and become relevant for what He's doing now And therefore, you will be part of his story in the future. Mm -hmm. Very good. And
0: where you're at right now, it's definitely where God wants you to be. It's just been so encouraging getting to know you and getting to, to even spend some time with you over the last few weeks as you've been home. And I'm wondering, for those of us that are here back in the States and those of us that may be listening to this podcast even today and we're thinking, hey, how can I support what God's doing through Pastor Stephen and Patricia down in Venezuela. How can I partner with them? Uh, what are some ways that we can support you guys, that we can partner with you uh, in the ministry that God has given you uh, down in Venezuela?
1: Well, thanks for that, Chris. This is, uh, for us, it's very important. Um, prayer is one of the biggest ways that you can support us. Uh, we're facing uh, different obstacles on a daily basis. Uh, sometimes just the money is not enough to feed everybody. Uh, just this morning, I got a text from one of the families, and they said, Pastor, we had just bought meat. We had just bought some ingredients for our house, and the electricity went on again. It's been off already, already again for almost three days, and they had to get rid of everything, cook it all up. So whatever they had saved up was is gone. So uh, prayer is a big thing because I believe prayer is going to be the main thing we need constantly so that we can get this work done. But if some people want to help out, there's there's two ways. One is uh, financially, you can help us financially. You can send it through our our organization, Sport Exchange. Um, they're located. Uh, it's a PO Box, PO Box 710, West Palm Beach, Florida 33402. You can just send a check down there. Uh, write on it Stephen uh, RC or Stephen and Patricia RC, and that will reach us. It's the organization we work through, and, and they get us all our funds. Um, but Chris, there's also a great opportunity. Many people are, are helping us out this way, and I've called it Boxes of Love. Um, and I'm sure there's a ministry called Boxes of Love, but, uh, I'm not trying to take that away. Uh, but this, you can call it, uh, Big Boxes of Love or Lowe's Boxes whatever you want to call it. But, uh, what it is, is it's a, it's a company that we have found, and they're, uh, bringing in boxes for us on a monthly, weekly basis. It, uh, it's called Transcargo. Um, and I've got all the information that I will leave with you so you can put on the church website or on the podcast. Um, and I've got a list of the basic things that we can't get that are difficult for us to get, and uh, you can go to Lowe's, buy a 18 by 18 by 16 box, uh, fill it up, up to 80 pounds of all the different things, food, medicine, stuff that you can get over the counter, and then you can contact this this company. They'll send you a label. You'll put it on the box, send it down to Miami, uh, and once it's paid, it's about $120 bucks. For each box and it comes all the way down to our house and we get it and there's many many churches and people that are gathering together and filling these boxes up and sending it down for us to help us out uh, and in this aid that, that we need right now and so these are these are ways that you guys could or anybody is interested that could help us that's outstanding if the if the
0: Venezuelan government can't help provide and meet the needs for the people around you in Venezuela uh, this is an opportunity for the church for God to work through the church as, as supplies are sent, uh, maybe even the church you're pastoring is helping distribute these supplies to the people, which is uh, it's incredible that, that the Lord would use you uh, in this way in the ministry down there. Are there some specific ways that we can be praying for you? Perhaps uh, uh, when you're looking at returning to country, we can pray for your travel, uh, but then when you get back into country, uh, what are some ways that we can be praying for you? Yes.
1: Um, I would ask that you be praying for our return. Uh, as of right now, our our return flight is uh, May 11th. Um, but just last week, I heard that the flights had all been suspended uh, due to uh, everything going on. So there's a possibility they might uh, get pushed back a little bit. So just be praying for that, that you know the Lord will figure that out because we need to be back there as soon as possible. And then... The second prayer is when I do leave, um, I will be taking as much stuff with me that I can, um, so that so pray that everything will get there um, okay. Uh, every once in a while they do get into the boxes, but you know it's still better than nothing. Um, and then once we get back immediately, uh, I get back May eleventh. Uh, that's a Saturday, so I'll be preaching Sunday morning at church, um, and then that weekend. Friday, around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I will have around 150 men at our camp and I will be doing camp with them for the next three days. So be prayer for us because we're right now finished in the preparations for all that but one of our biggest things is trying to find the food to feed all these men during the camp and it's just been a challenge but we don't want to quit and stop the ministry just because there's an obstacle. But this is a big prayer request to pray for this so that we can get this ministry out. We've got men's camp and then immediately after that we'll be having women's camp. And then in the fall we'll be having teens camp. And this is just a big, big need financially for food and trying to find it. Um, And then just be praying for the growth of the church, uh, the overall uh, pressure of dealing with this on a constant basis. Uh, we're meeting on Wednesdays. We're eating together as a church. We're doing all kinds of things just to try to keep the morale up. But it's just a difficult. And sometimes me and my older brother who I work with, uh, our morale is down. And it's hard to pick somebody up when you're down. So just pray for us that God will sustain us on a daily basis, uh, both financially but also emotionally, that we can continue working and doing what God has called us to do. Mm-hmm why don't we pray right now
0: father we are thankful for pastor stephen patricia for what you're doing in their life and in their ministry in venezuela lord we even recognize in the midst of the challenges that are in country that you are providing for them on a daily moment by moment basis and they're recognizing that provision lord we just pray that you would continue to do this lord that you continue to accomplish your purpose for the church in Venezuela, that you would continue to uh, lift up Stephen and his brother and all his uh, partners in ministry in country, Lord, uh, that we might be able to partner and send supplies, Lord, even perhaps partner financially and uh, certainly through prayer, Father, and upholding them and remembering them. And, and Lord, we know that you're going to get the glory, that you're going to bring the increase, and uh, we're excited to see the work that you're doing to build your church uh in this different part of the world and, and we pray for Stephen and Patricia and our family as they seek to travel back down to country in May, that your traveling mercies would be upon them. I thank for this for this opportunity today to be together with him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Pastor Stephen, thank you again for joining us today, uh, making yourself available to share about the ministry and the mission. Uh, we'll continue to pray for you and Patricia uh, and the ministry, your church as well. If you desire to find out more about Pastor Stephen and his ministry or would like to support his family either through prayer or even financially, please contact us at Calvary Monument Bible Church, office at org, or call us at 717 442 Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Until next time, continue on living, loving, and leading for God's glory. Have a great day, abiding in Jesus.